Today we're going to be looking at prayer and worship, and uh, we'd love to look at a passage in the Bible together. So if you'd like to follow along, please grab your Bible, phone, whatever, and uh, it'll also come up on the screens. We're looking at Matthew chapter 17, uh, verses 1 to 9. Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 to 9, which is known as the transfiguration of Jesus. So uh, Matthew chapter 17, verse 1 to 9. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah, talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up. He said, don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, don't tell anyone what you've seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. So, as we begin this new year, 2022, my question to you this evening is this. Which direction are you primarily looking in? Which direction are you primarily looking in at the moment? For example, are you looking back on last year? Have you spent a bit of time thinking about what happened in 2021? For me, it's felt such a quick year, I've barely had time to recalibrate what's been going on and we're into a new one. So I've been thinking a little bit about last year. I don't know if you've done the quiz of the year or any of that stuff in the papers over Christmas. Or uh, I actually ordered a a series of photos in a little book for my wife, Jill, uh, that I ordered uh, on the 24th. And it didn't quite get there in time for Christmas. So we've been looking at it in the last few days uh, to look back on 2021. Maybe you've been thinking about reflecting on 2021. Maybe your hopes, your dreams for it, your regrets maybe about the past. Are you looking backwards? Or are you looking forwards? Maybe you're the kind of person who's like, yeah, I'm done with that. 2022, where am I going to go? You've started putting things in the diary. You've got your holidays planned in. You've got your tax return, your MOT organized. You've got various things planned in for the whole of the year. Maybe you're a planner. You've got this year nailed. Maybe that's you. Or maybe you haven't been looking backwards or forwards, but you've been looking inside. You've been reflecting a little bit on, on you. You know, this is the time of the year, isn't it, for New Year's resolutions. It's all gauged around kind of who are you and who do you want to be? What do you need to change in order to get there? Maybe you've been thinking about getting fit or uh, what you're eating, maybe some changes to your lifestyle. Uh, I uh, received from my wife, Jill, some tennis lessons 
which um, she's encouraging me to get a bit fitter. Maybe I also gave her a course in upholstery. Uh, this is ho- hopefully going to help her upholster the whole of our house in some way. Uh, I also uh, came across uh, this little uh, on Instagram. I signed up ages ago for this thing called Beachbody, which has done obviously done me zero good. But I came across this um, this little thing that I think we've got a slide of. But there at the bottom it says prioritize. What does it say? Self prioritize. Maybe that's what you're thinking about doing at the moment, self-prioritizing. Maybe you're not looking inside. Here's another one. You might be looking around at others. Maybe you're thinking about those around you who are in need. Maybe those who are uh, in your immediate circle, your family, your friends. Maybe you're primarily thinking about your community or your workplace or the people, the bigger issues around us in our society. Where are you looking at the moment? Where is your attention? You're looking back, you're looking forward, you're looking inside, you're looking around. If we're honest, it's probably a mixture of all of those things. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with them. But the question I have for us tonight is, how do we avoid looking back, becoming unrealistically nostalgic or unhelpfully regretful? How do we avoid looking forward, becoming a never-ending and ultimately unfulfilling quest for perfection and order in a world of imperfection and chaos? How do we avoid our looking inwards, becoming self-obsessive and narcissistic? How do we avoid our looking outwards, becoming overwhelming with the needs or maybe full of unhealthy comparison with those around us? The answer, I believe, is in this passage. It's in verse 8. I don't know if you noticed this. Verse 8. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. This is the key to 2022. That as you begin to look forward or back or in or around, first, look up. First, look up. It's not easy to remember to look up, is it? There's a lot going on in all of our lives. I was watching a a film over Christmas, which you may have watched on Netflix, Don't Look Up. I don't know if you've seen this film. Uh, If you haven't seen it, not too many uh, plot spoilers, hopefully. But the premise is two scientists discover that there's an asteroid hurtling towards Earth and they have to try and tell people about it. But everyone seems obsessed with not knowing about it. In fact, one particular group of people decide that they're going to mount a campaign to stop people from thinking about the asteroid because it's going to ruin everything. So the campaign is entitled, Don't Look Up! You know what? I thought that was a really interesting... Now, it's actually obviously all about the climate crisis, which is super important. And we at this church are passionate about trying to fight the climate crisis and everything that we can do. But it struck me that there is another lens that you can look through, and particularly when we look at this passage today. There is a, a, a war going on for your attention to stop you looking up. Because as soon as you look up, you begin to see things from God's perspective. But there is an enemy who would love to stop you from looking up. This is the way that Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4. It says, the God of this age, the enemy, has blinded 
the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. That's what we're going to be looking at today, the transfiguration, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. This is the way the message puts it. People are looking the wrong way and refuse to give God serious attention. Now, this isn't an extra thing to have to remember to do. This is a life-changing perspective on your life, which will change everything. And we see it in this passage. And so what I'd love to do is draw out three little things, little nuggets from the passage that might help us in our quest, not just to look around and in and forward and back, but to look up first, to look up. So the first suggestion is this. Number one, get away from the noise. Get away from the noise. The the demands on our time and our attention are incessant. They sometimes feel like the screech of the baby mandrakes in Harry Potter. Uh, Jill, I've never watched Harry Potter until this holiday, and Jill got me a little introduction. So mandrakes are sort of in my mind, but this is screech, isn't it? This nonstop screeching for our attention. In order to look up, we need to take a step back from all that stuff and say, okay, I'm going to change my perspective. So verse 1, Jesus led them up a high mountain by themselves. High mountain. You can't get further away from the noise and the busyness of normal life. By themselves. Not a huge group, just three of them, in fact. And so as we begin this year, how is it that you can come away from the noise to look again at the person of Jesus, to look up and not just around? Uh, Archbishop Desmond Tutu, uh, who died on Boxing Day, South African Anglican bishop, theologian, uh, known for his work in anti-apartheid and human rights activist. Uh, I once had the honor of uh, listening to him speak at something at the Barbican. And he was on a panel of various people who were talking about how to fight injustice. The thing that struck me about him was his passion for justice and forgiveness, yes. His relentless pursuit of truth, yes. But mainly his joy. He had this amazing face that would just crease up and crinkle up. And you could see the laughter lines on his face. He was full of joy. And he always had this high-pitched chuckle whenever he was talking. And I was reading uh, over the last week uh, one of the books that he wrote, which was, was on my bookshelf, called God Has a Dream. And this is what he said. He said, people often ask me about the source of my joy. And I can honestly say it comes from my spiritual life. I am deeply thankful for the moments in the early morning when I try to be quiet, to sit in the presence of the gentle and compassionate and unruffled one. I love that, the unruffled one. God is not ruffled. I am am the ruffled one most of the time. I'm constantly herring around from this to that. God is not in a hurry. God is not worried about the future. He's not worried about 2022. He is the unruffled one. To come and sit at his feet, to get his perspective. Ah, what a relief. That's what Desmond Tutu discovered. I want to discover that a bit more this year. So what is it going to look like for you to have time away from the noise? Not just on your own, but also with other people. 
And that is why church is so important. I love what Peter says to Jesus. He says, Lord, he meets Jesus in a new way. He discovers Jesus in a new way. And he says, Lord, this is so good. He says, it is good for us to be here. And I'd say the same thing to you today. Brilliant that you're here. It's so good that you're here. It is good for us together to be here. Because we encourage one another with our faith, with our worship. You know, I, I enjoy worshipping on my own, but there's something different, isn't there? About being in a room with others or online, connected with others and worshipping together. That's what Peter's talking about here. The worship, the glory of God that is shared with one another. Uh, I got a text from a guy called Jack, who uh, wasn't a Christian, didn't grow up a Christian, not a churchgoer. And he came into our Alpha course last term. Uh, we mentioned Alpha. And Jack said at the beginning, he said, I'm fascinated with church. I'm, my wife is a Christian and I'm not, but I'm really interested. And I want to find out what it's all about. So week by week, we discussed, we talked and at the end of the course, uh, Jack decided to become a Christian himself, put his faith in Jesus. And he sent me this text that said this, just thank you for Alpha, for welcoming us into the church, and thank you for the power that I've seen that Jesus has on people's lives. I am so grateful to be part of it. In other words, it's not just an individual thing, it's a corporate thing. He was here this morning with his wife, worshipping. Jack's life has been changed. It's not just an individual thing, it's a corporate thing. So my encouragement to you, as you're doing here, don't give up meeting together, but encourage one another. Come away from the noise. So, firstly, get away from the noise. Secondly, get focused on Jesus. Get focused on Jesus. It's very easy in church to be focused on lots of other things. It's very easy on our own to be focused on lots of other things. But Jesus is the person our faith is all about. Verse 2, something amazing happens. By the way, the disciples did not know this was coming. Peter, James, and John, they'd seen Jesus. They thought, this is a great teacher. He's a miracle worker. He's fantastic. He's got loads of wisdom. Love being around this guy. And then what happens on the mountain is their perspective is dramatically enlarged. They suddenly see, oh my goodness, there's something more to this guy. Verse 2, there he was transfigured before them. His face, Jesus' face, shone like the sun. And his clothes became as white as the light. Verse 5, a bright cloud covered them and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. I love that. God's well pleased with Jesus. So let me give you a bit of context. What's going on here? Well, back in the Old Testament, uh, the, the presence of God. How did people, the people of God know that God was with them? Well, in the Old Testament, as they left uh, Egypt, the Exodus, God's presence was in the form of a cloud known as the Shekinah in Hebrew. It was the glory cloud, the glory of the Lord was in a cloud. So as they walked out by day, it was a cloud, and night, it was a pillar of fire. And then there's a particular moment where Moses goes up Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments from God. And the description of those, that encounter with God, is that Moses goes up and a cloud comes down onto the mountain. 
And then there is a, a voice comes from heaven and there is a thunder, there is lightning, there is fire. And it, it is an awe-inspiring moment when Moses hears the voice of God. And Moses says to God, can I see inside the cloud? Can I see your glory? And God says, no, you'll die. I am that holy. But Moses comes down the mountain and it says that his face was radiant, was shining with the reflected glory of God, like the moon reflects the sun. So fast forward to this event, what's going on here. We're on a mountain again. We hear the voice of God again. There is a cloud and the cloud is full of the glory of God. We've got Moses is there again. We've got Elijah who's also there. But what's different? What's different here is that the infinite glory of God is emanating not from a cloud, but from a person, from the very person of Jesus. The brilliance of the almighty God is coming from the face of Jesus. And it is overwhelming. You know, Moses came off the mountain and he had reflected glory. But here it's like Jesus is the son himself. It's all coming from him. And what happens here, this is a narrative description of what happens. The, the, Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews puts it uh, as an argument. So he says he's the radiance. Jesus is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being. Can you imagine how mind-blowing this must have been for Peter, James, and John, who've read the Scriptures, heard about the brilliance of God, and suddenly they're seeing the brilliance of God coming directly from the person that they've been following these years. It is Jesus. He's bigger. He's more awesome. He's more incredible than we ever believed. Wow. And interestingly, just before this moment, Jesus asked them the question, who do people say that I am? They say, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some people say you're Elijah. In this moment, they know that those answers fall way short. Jesus is bigger and better than Moses, Elijah, anyone else they've ever come across. He has the radiance of God himself. So my encouragement to you have you lost sight of the glory of Jesus? Have you lost sight of the brilliance, the amazing, awesome power of Jesus? You know, Jesus was the, the source of everything we see around us. John's prologue says that. Uh, nothing has been made that hasn't been made through with, without Jesus. Jesus was there at the beginning. Jesus will be at, there at the end after all the pandemics, after all's been said and done. Jesus will be king and we'll worship him forever. Here is a little picture of the glory of God that we will experience in heaven. It's a little bit like uh, Jesus has been Clark Kent for quite a few years, and they've been still, there's something different about that guy. And then suddenly he's Superman, <laughs> and then he goes back to being Clark Kent again. It's, it's kind of a weird moment, isn't it? Jesus is revealing his glory just for a split second, but people see, just a few people see who he really is. The words from God are really interesting, aren't they? This is my son. With him, I am well pleased. Listen to him. Now, the disciples probably didn't need persuading to listen to Jesus because he'd be the most amazing preacher they've ever heard. So why does he say listen to him? But can you imagine how they've seen him now 
changes everything when they listen to him. This isn't just the words of a wise preacher. These are the very words of God. I'm going to listen to I'm hanging on every single word that he says. So my encouragement to you as I begin to, I've been reading this passage this week and as I've been doing that, I think I want to hear more from Jesus. I'm hanging on every word that he's saying because as we do so, we pick up the glory of God for ourselves. So get away from the noise. What does it look like for you this year to get away from the noise, to have some time with the risen Jesus? Focus on Jesus again. Ask him to reveal his glory to you again as he did to Peter, James and John in that moment. And thirdly and lastly, get up and come down. Get up and come down. The disciples' reaction to Jesus' revelation of his glory is they fall on the ground face down It says they were terrified. To come into the presence of God is a terrifying experience. In fact, we know that from the Old Testament. Uh, Elijah, uh, um, uh, sorry, Isaiah says, Woe to me, I I am a person of unclean lips. I have seen the mighty God. He sees himself and thinks, oh my goodness, I'm not worthy to be in the presence of God, of this holy God. Now, sometimes we find the idea that people uh, have that sort of shuddering feeling towards God, a bit off-putting. Surely God loves us. He draws close to us. Absolutely. But let's not bypass where we've come from. Because the awesome God, in the Old Testament, the, the mountain, Mount Sinai, God said, if anyone comes, touches the mountain, they will die. And Moses cannot see the glory of God or he will die. Sounds kind of crazy to our modern ears, doesn't it? But think about it like this. Imagine you're walking along in Bristol and an elephant falls down from uh, on high from a building. Happens all the time. And you, and you, what happens to you? You're going to be crushed. Why? Because you cannot bear the weight of an elephant falling on top of you. Imagine if you look at the sun and you look out up into the sun. Now, if you look at the sun for a prolonged amount of time, it's not going to be good for you, is it? Your retinas will be burned. They'll They'll be harmed. They'll be destroyed. Because you cannot bear the brilliance of the sun, the luminosity of the sun in your eyes. We cannot just stand in the presence of God and think it will have no effect on us. He is awesome, powerful, holy, the creator of all things. So no wonder the reaction of Peter, James and John is to fall on their knees and say, we're not worthy, we're terrified. But what happens? They don't die. No, in fact, quite the opposite. Jesus reaches out, says, uh, verse 7, Jesus came and touched them. The very presence of God touching them. Get up, he says. Don't be afraid. Maybe you think of God as distant or, I don't know, too holy to approach. Well, in some senses he is, but Jesus here is doing something very profound. He's prefiguring what's going to happen on the cross. Because on the cross, God brings the glory of God and the sin of humanity together. And he pays for it in himself. And therefore, he can say with confidence, don't be afraid. Get up. Don't grovel. Don't think, oh, woe is me. Stand up. God loves you so much that he sent me to die for you. 
glory, when we think about that word in celebrity culture, normally means wealth, luxurious lifestyle. But Jesus was quite the opposite. The glory that Jesus demonstrated was all associated with his suffering. In fact, he left his glory behind. And that's what uh, it talks about in Philippians. He left his glory behind in order to come to be with us. But what happens when he leaves his glory behind? He takes his glory and gives it to us instead. Uh, this is uh, how it is, is put uh, when uh, we talk about the glory of God uh, in ourselves. It's picked up. It says, we who, are, who with unveiled faces reflect the Lord's glory. In other words, when you come into the presence of God, you don't die. No, God welcomes you in. Not only that, he gives you his glory to take into the world. So get up and come down. Stand up. Don't worry. Don't feel ashamed. Enjoy the forgiveness of God as we share communion together. We'll be able to do that. Don't be afraid. And then come down. Unfortunately, the moment on the mountain doesn't last forever. You know, isn't it amazing to be in these amazing times of worship when we encounter Jesus together? And some of us, you know, you might just think, I would love to stay in this safe place forever. I don't really want to go back to work or they don't understand what I'm talking about. I don't want to face my family. I don't want to face my gas bill and realities of life. Can't we just stay in worship forever? That's what Peter's saying when he says, let's build three shelters. He says, I want to stay here forever. But the reality is we've got to go back down the mountain to the reality that faces us. And that's what happens with the disciples. You know, they're facing disappointment, lack of understanding, rivalry. But you know what? The experience of the mountaintop carries us through the experiences we experience in the valley. And in fact, nothing grows on a mountaintop. It grows in the valley. That's where God is going to grow stuff in you. As you head back to work tomorrow, as you head back to your studies tomorrow, God will be with you. He will reflect your glory back to those around you. And he'll be at work to bring about change, about, uh, bring about hope and life in all its fullness. So as you approach this year, which direction are you looking let me encourage you, if you're looking back with regret on 2021, look up first and you'll find that God can redeem and use everything that happened last year. If you're looking forward with fear about the year to come, anxiety, let me encourage you, look up first and God will give you hope that this year can be a great year with him. If you're looking inside and thinking, oh, I, I, I failed my New Year's resolution already. I'm not doing very well. I don't feel great about myself. Look up first to God and hear him say the words that he said about Jesus. You are my son. You're my daughter. With you, I'm well pleased. If you're looking around to everyone else and thinking, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? How can I help these people? Firstly, look up. And allow him to give you the resources and the love for those around. It all starts with Jesus. It all ends with him. Why don't we start this year by putting him number one? We're going to celebrate communion in a moment. 
And I want to encourage you with these words, again, from um, Desmond Tutu. He's facing apartheid, one of the biggest social injustices that we have faced as a world. And he says this, apartheid was in full swing. And I and other church leaders were preparing for a meeting with the prime minister. During our discussions, I went into the priory garden for some quiet. There was a huge calvary, a large wooden cross, a stark symbol of the Christian faith. And it was winter. The grass was pale and dry. I don't know if you feel like that at the moment. Then he says this, as I sat quietly in the garden, I realized the power of transfiguration in our world. Winter gives way to spring. And nature experiences its own resurrection. I doubt, however, we'll ever come across a symbol of transfiguration more powerful than the cross itself. The cross was a ghastly instrument of death. And yet this horrendous symbol of death has been spectacularly transfigured. Once a means of death, it is now the source of eternal hope. As we celebrate communion, as you take the bread, look up to God. Know that he's with you. He says, don't be afraid. Get up. Let's do this year together. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the glory of Christ. We thank you, Jesus, that you're not just a great teacher, not just a great model to follow, but you are the radiance of God. You are the almighty, everlasting creator. And Lord, we thank you that even though we're not worthy to be in your presence because of Jesus on the cross, you say to us, Get up. Don't be afraid. And so, Lord, as we take communion, we want to choose as those disciples did, to look up to you, to receive again your forgiveness and your new life. And we pray that as we do so, you will fill us with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.